Hey y'all, it's Ayo here, and welcome to The Nook. Thanks so much for joining me today. As always, I'm here to help you by answering your questions on teaching students with severe and profound disabilities, including autism. We have a great question today from Marisol, but before we get to her question, I want to remind you that you can have your questions answered on The Nook by heading over to the website and submitting it today. If you have a question chosen for the podcast, you'll receive a free resource from the Noodle Nook Library. We have great visual supports for communication and behavior, vocational training tools like DIY task boxes, and then lots of stuff adapted for academics, specifically adapted novels, and a newbie like the Builder Bins, where you can DIY your own STEM boxes. So if you're a teacher in special ed or autism, definitely check out the Noodle Nook store and submit your question on the podcast so that you can get your free resource. All right, here's today's question from Marisol. I want to work on social skills with my students, but I'm not exactly sure what to do. How can I build social skills in my autism unit? So Marisol, I'm telling you that question comes up a lot. When we have teachers working in autism units, social skills is definitely one of the big items we want to work on. Let's get right into it. There's a few different ways that you can work on social skills inside of a classroom, and I'm going to list out four and then talk about them a little bit more. One of them is using role play. So I love role play. Just having an opportunity to walk through what you're supposed to do in social situations is huge. And let's face it, we as neurotypical adults work through social situations in our head over and over until we find the one that makes the most sense. I know all of us have done this before first dates or before first days in the classroom. You're up the night before just running through the social situation in your head. And that's really your mental way of role-playing what's going to happen and what your response is going to be and then what other people's responses could be based on your responses. So that role-play is huge and it's what neurotypical people do inside of their head. But for our students with autism and severe disabilities, we need to role-play those out loud in, in groups so that we can practice those same skills in an environment that is conducive to skill development and also some guided practice. So if you aren't doing any role play in your classroom, I suggest pulling out role play opportunities wherever you can find them, especially if you're about to embark on new skills or tasks. In the first few weeks of school, you're gonna be going to the cafeteria and dealing with some new people. You may wanna do some role play about what that looks like. When you go out into community and you're getting ready to do vocational work or community-based instruction, you wanna role play what those are gonna look like. Uh, interactions with cashiers, asking for help in the community. Those are activities that we can practice through role play in the classroom. And again, it just gives our students an environment where they can run through a social situation with the support of a teacher who can help correct them and guide them as to what's appropriate and what's not. So role play is huge. Um, The second one is really social scripting. I love social scripting. I had a student that I worked with in an ESY session over the summer my God, this has got to be over a decade ago. And recently I ran into him in the grocery store and some of the social scripting that I had taught him 10 years ago, he still uses. So the strength of social scripting for students with autism who are very maybe bound by a repetition of skills, they really benefit from this social scripting. An example of one that I used uh, actually with the student that I was talking about was an introduction cycle. So if you think about when you meet someone and talk to them, right, there's a social script that we all use. If you're out and you're at the grocery store and you run into someone you haven't seen for a while, you're going to say hello. They're going to say hello back. You're going to ask, how are, how are you or how are things going? 
They're going to give you a little response or snippet from their life, and then they're going to ask you a question. This back and forth is how we are guided in our social interactions. And by scripting some of these social situations, you can allow a student to interact like that in an appropriate manner, as opposed to being socially isolated and maybe in their interaction, they see someone that they know, they eye gaze down, they, they don't make eye contact, they aren't equipped with any conversation to go back and forth, and it really closes them off to a social interaction. So social scripting is, is a big tool that you can use. It could be that it's just an introduction and back and forth. So, for example, again, with a student that I taught 10 years ago, um, it was that I would say, hello, how are you? And he would return back, I'm great, how are you? And I would say, I'm fine, thank you. And, of course, this opens me up to being able to say a bevy of things, but him getting through those three steps of social interaction opened up a conversation with people that he couldn't have before. And it was just being able to to receive a hello, ask someone how they are, and then know when they ask you how you're, you are, you're supposed to say, I'm fine, thank you. So that, that social script is really supportive for our students who, who benefit from a lot of repetition. We also want to look to nonverbal cues in social skills. This comes up a lot. So much of communication is actually nonverbal. The way that we look, the where we look with our eyes, how we stand with our body, we open up social interactions by the things we don't say. So teaching students nonverbal skills is actually huge in developing better social skills. And a great place to, to start is with eye contact, smiling, nodding, and listening. And I, I taught this for years with my students, just being able to look at a person, near a person's face, up towards a person, increases the likelihood that they'll interact with you socially. Giving a little teeny tiny smile or some kind of visual pleasantness on your face increases social interaction and appeared social skills. Nodding a little bit when someone's talking to you. I mean, this is stuff that we all do naturally, right? Nodding that little bitty, bitty nod encourages people to continue with social interactions with you. And then knowing that you have to listen to what they're saying so that you can make a response or at least know when to ask a question. Those, that eye contact, smiling, nodding, and listening is huge. If you go to the Noodle Nook store, there is a product in there of just posters you can post in your classroom. Teaching students those four nonverbal communication skills helps them in their overall social skills because people are more likely to interact socially because they're doing the right nonverbals. So we've got that role play, we've got social scripting, we've got nonverbal communication. The last thing to work on in, in social skills is to really do some video modeling. I know that it sounds crazy to do video recordings of our students. I feel like uh, campuses all over are like, no, don't record the children. We don't want to be sued, all oh, lawsuits. But we've got such powerful devices in the palms of our hand now, and it's so quick and easy to shoot a video so that a student can see what they look like when they speak, what they sound like when they're interacting. And a lot of times this is for those borderline students who are really kind of higher, socially aware, but still awkward and not really appropriate. Being able to see what they look like helps them to better define what they need to do and how they need to interact. So some video modeling really supports. It also allows you to set up some role play with video that is more realistic. I have set them up where I've done social interactions where I'm the person on the video and the student's job is to talk with me pre-recorded on a video 
and doing those introductory social cues, social interactions that then allow me to come stand with the student and prompt and cue as appropriate so that we could get through a social um, back and forth. So video modeling can work in terms of using it specifically with a student and also using video to promote social skills as the teacher. So a couple different ways that you can do that. Um, I'm hoping, Marisol, that this will give you some good ideas of where to go moving forward. The role play, social scripting, nonverbal cues, and video modeling all will support developing social skills with your students. But the big thing that you can't forget is to give lots of opportunity for students to interact. It happens to me over and over again where I walk into a classroom and students only ever talk to the adults in the room. They only talk to their classroom teacher. They only talk to the aides in the classroom. They never talk to their peers or their non-disabled peers or other adults in the building that are not their direct teachers. The social interactions aren't there. So if you want to build social skills, do all the things we talked about, but also provide lots of opportunities for your students to get out and communicate with others and also communicate in a natural way with the peers in their classroom. Hopefully all of these things will help you build better social skills for the students that you work with in your autism unit. So thank you so much for the question, Marisol. I'm going to send you out a free classroom resource from the Noodle Nook store. I think everyone would benefit from getting the eye contact, smiling, nodding, and listening posters that are available in the store. But no matter what product you pick, Marisol, I'm definitely sending you the posters on top of that. I hope that helps you out, and good luck. If you're listening and you want to have your question answered here on the Nook, head over to noodlenook.net and click on the podcast button to submit your question. There are so many questions out there about how to be the best teacher you can be when you work with students with low incidence disabilities and severe disabilities like autism, and we need all the great teachers we can get. So stay strong and teach on. Thank you for listening to The Nook. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing now. Bye, y'all.